Welcome to As Seen on TV with your host Jonathan Deckel and Jeevan Brar. And as always now, I would say, I, I would say like 15 of the 18 that we've done so far, uh, Jen McDonald is joining us. You can't get rid of me. I left and you still can't get rid of me. Yep. You, but you didn't leave in our hearts no. or our cell phones. Oh, guys. <laughs> uh, so, and speaking of not leaving, uh, you are now doing our uh, Breaking Bad recaps. I am, yes. So, uh, so let's kick, kick, kick off. Well, let me try that again. So let's kick off with Breaking Bad. Uh, so, Jen, uh, since you did the recap, why don't you recap? Um, okay. We started off pretty much where we left off um, at the beginning of last season, which is right after Walter um, killed Gus and poisoned Brock. Um, but just like all the best season premieres, there's that, you know, flash-forward teaser. And this one seemed to show Walt a year um, in advance, sitting at a diner by himself, uh, I did notice this the first time around, but apparently he was not wearing a wedding ring. Um, and uh, he was buying guns from a shady dude in a in a diner restaurant. So, And he was coughing and taking pills. So things don't really look so great for our beloved, maybe not so beloved anymore, <laughs> Walter White. Um, and then back in the, in the present, uh, he decided, you know, things were going well. He was having a celebratory drink. And then he remembered, oh, God, Gus had a bunch of videotapes of us cooking meth. And the DEA is now seizing all of those tapes. So him and Mike and Jesse kind of got together begrudgedly on Mike's part and um, came up with this kind of hilariously harebrained scheme to use magnets uh, to erase the tapes, which was, it was just, I mean, I, I love Breaking Bad. I was waiting for this to come back. So I think I would have loved it if they would have just read their phone book for an hour. But <laughs> it was a really, really good episode. Magnets. Magnets. Magnets, bitch. Like, come on. But only Jesse obviously could come up with that. Yeah, of course. So, of course. And, it, and it kind of, I thought it kind of served the purpose in the sense of Walt's uh, disconnect from from being like a science person, you know, at the end when, yeah. when he said, uh, you know, it, how do we know it works? And he said, because it works, which is a very scientific way of uh, dedu yeah. deduction. And there was that little glimmer of when he was in the diner in the flash forward when the waitress is talking about Boston, and he mentions, he kind of says, oh, there's a really good science museum. And it was just kind of like he perks up for two seconds, and he goes back to being like the guy that he is now, which is not the Walter White we used to know. No. Right, he's, he's closer to Scarface than Mr. Chips, I believe. He had more hair in the flash forward. <laughs> which I, which, did. which is did. usually a, a Breaking Bad, uh, yeah. uh, I guess if you break bad, you, you're supposed to get... No hair. Right. No hair. You shave your hair off. You shave your hair yeah. off. Or sometimes it's shaved for you because you mm -hmm. have pins inside your head. Uh, Except for Hank. He's the only one that doesn't fall into that. But he never had hair to begin with. Okay. All right. Fair He's also, they've, they're also kind of leading up, I feel, and, and Jen, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like they're kind of leading up to this, to the ultimate Hank uh, Walt showdown. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, Gus is clearly out of the picture, and I don't think there's going to be another big drug lord introduced this season i mean i think it's i think walt is now the main villain which is by the way fascinating like this is, <laughs> i don't know any show that you know has taken the hero from protagonist to antagonist and you still kind of root for him but so because he's the villain i think hank is 
getting propped up to be the hero of the show, and it's going to, I mean, it's an ultimate showdown. It has to, it has to lead to Hank finding out that his brother-in-law is Heisenberg. Right, which would obviously then lead him to do that witness protection thing that's all suggested, I, I guess. I don't, I mean. Because, right, he was, what was his ID? It was something from that a, was, like, yeah, the Midwest I somewhere. Mean, I don't know. I, I think, I can't, I'd be very surprised if that's how the show ended with, with Walter White on the run. I feel like that was kind of a flash forward to what's happening a year from now, but not necessarily what his ultimate end game is. I mean, I this show is so dark that I always go to really <laughs> dark places. I think that either he's going to die, which just seems a little too easy. I actually think that his family is going to die and he's going to... Seek revenge? Uh, no, I think it's, it's going to be on his conscience. Like somehow... Some terrible, terrible stuff is going to go down, and it's, he's not going to get out as easily as, like, oh, the cancer comes back and he dies. Right. I think like, the way that this show is and how dark it is, I think it's going to be something incredibly bad happens to either Jesse or his family or something that is just going to ruin this guy, but he's going to have to live and deal with the consequences of it. See, I figured the final showdown would be Jesse and Walt. No. Which, I, I actually think that would be heartbreaking, but uh, really good. And that's why he buys the gun to shoot Jesse, because Jesse is obviously going to find out about uh, yeah. the kid, Brock. Brock yeah. and Jane, that's still kind oh, that's of right. the Jane hinted thing, at. Right. Like, that's definitely going to come back. And yeah, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I just think whatever it is, there's no happy ending for anyone, <laughs> especially Walter White. I, what is what is Walt's motivation now? You know, before his motivation evil. was his motivation <laughs> is just, evil, just being evil. Because yeah. before he had a bunch of motive, he always told himself like you know he was doing it for his family, he was doing it for his like for his health. He was doing there was a bunch of reasons that he said okay, well this is this this justifies my being my Breaking Bad, if you will. But yeah, and I think no longer. I think I think it was last season. I think it was that scene where he was at dinner at Hank's house. And Hank had just decided that he had found Heisenberg in Gale. And, you know, Walter should have just shut up, right? But it was that, like, hubris and pride that he couldn't let it go. And he couldn't let anybody else take take credit for his genius. He was also really, really drunk. He was really drunk, <laughs> but I felt like that was a turning point. Like, that was him being like, he's no longer doing this for any legitimate reasons. He's doing this because, like, I mean, right now, he could he could clearly walk away. He doesn't have the money that he that he should have had because of the whole Ted Beneke situation. Yeah. But, I mean, the DA isn't after him. The drug lord isn't after him. The cartel isn't after him. This guy could, like, pick everything up and just leave, which Saul, of all people, advises him to do. And he refuses to because he's just so power-hungry and, and just kind of tripping on it right now that he, he can't. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, he's he's the one who knocks, right? Absolutely. There's, I mean, we could do a whole blog post on like power <laughs> being the actual drug of Breaking Bad, not crystal meth. Which it's which just... would describe our bad index. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, sorry. My only my the weak point was why did the DA already look into the laptop? Like, if you're investigating like a crime, wouldn't you open up the laptop right away? Why was why were they waiting on that? Also, where is Gus's lawyer? <laughs> doesn't yeah. doesn't he have a legal team that's like, hey, you just don't take my client's stuff? He was the owner of a ridiculously like big chain of restaurants, yeah. right? Like yeah. he was a pretty rich dude. Probably had a legal team, and it probably wasn't Saul. Yeah, and I mean, I think to the laptop point of it, I just figured like this guy had so like he had houses and different restaurants. They probably seized so much property. Like he didn't have like fourteen different restaurants. 
So yeah, at least. there's probably laptops and stuff from each one. They didn't really know what they had until they had it. Okay. Um, interestingly, I think like the the you know the picture frame reveal of the Swiss bank account is probably going to uh, play into a lot of stuff this season. Right, and it makes sense in the in the Breaking Bad uh, universe. Whereas every time there's a problem that, yeah. or sorry, every time there's they a solution that brings up it. a new problem. Absolutely. What did you think about the the final scene where Walt forgives Skyler? <sighs> so creepy. That was the creepiest. He didn't actually forgive scene. her though. No, I forgive no. you. No. Of course not. But it was just like I thought. She, I, I know Skyler gets a lot of criticism. I thought that Anna Gunn played that scene really well with the different emotions on her face, which is you know predominantly I am so freaked out by my husband right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, but I mean, I I just think it was so villainous, and that's who he is right now. So. Yeah, his motivation is evil. <laughs> yeah, it's true. There's no motivation besides, hey, I just like to be in power. Do you think that... Sorry, go on. Um, I was just going to say, didn't you guys find that this is one of the funniest Breaking Bads in a while? Yeah, the the junkyard guy. Oh, the, the entire junkyard scene with the, like, the Prince Albert talk and Mike Miller time <laughs> comment and just hilarious. Well, it started out that way, I think. Right at the beginning, it was it was much more about, like, being a darker comedy and then it became... It became kind of a little less whimsical. Although Jesse was supposed to be kind of the, you know, calling him hip hop and right, uh, right, you right. know and all the bitches and such. He's kind of he was kind of the foil, and he was yeah, supposed I to die in the first season. He was, yeah. And yeah. I guess I mean I guess that I'm used to like one or two jokes. It just felt like that whole sequence was like I was just laughing and having to rewind because I missed so much, <laughs> um, which is unusual. But I also think that it was one of the fastest paced Breaking Bad's for a season premiere that we've had. So it was almost like, okay, we're going to let you laugh, but then strap in because here we go. Yeah, and, and you know, they know. They're they're very aware of the fact that they only have 16 episodes, eight this year, eight next yep. year. Uh, I think that they've said that they're going to be contained as well, right? Like each each eight-episode arc is going to be is going to have its own arc. I would then... assume that this, if that's true, I'd assume that this first eight is going to be Walt becoming the ultimate, you know, kingpin of the region, and then the, the final eight is going to be Walt Fall. Right. Where do you think Mike is going to end up in all this? Because he's such a enjoyable character. I love that guy. <laughs> I, think, I think the one thing that they're really making clear with Mike is that he's smart, that he's, you know, he, he's been around for a long time, and there's a reason for that. He knows the lay of the land. He's certainly not trusting Walt in any, in any capacity, so... It'll be, I think that Mike will be fine. I'd be very surprised <laughs> if Mike ends up six feet under. That's true. And he's, he's incredibly surly, which which kind of counter counterbalances everybody else's. Surly, but I also really love his relationship with Jesse. Like, just even when he was pointing a gun at Walt and Jesse was in between and, and just like this tone of disappointment that he had, like, oh, Jesse, what have you done? <laughs> like, he's so, I, I really like that, that relationship. That's the father figure that, Jesse should be turning towards because, you know, Walt is probably not <laughs> looking out for his best interest, where Mike, I think, actually is. And then there's going to be the, the paternal battle, right, for uh, yes. for Jesse's love. Yep. <laughs> uh, where are they going to cook, though? They don't have anything, right? Like, they have no money. I guess Jesse has money, right? Do they really need to cook at this point? Well, oh, or else how cooking. is he going to maintain his fortune and yep. uh, power? Yeah, that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if they create a new lab or what they do. And and obviously he can't be Heisenberg anymore because he's going out of hair. 
I think I think he's still going to be Heisenberg. I mean, I don't know if he'll call himself Heisenberg, but I think the spirit of Heisenberg certainly lives within Walter White. I think he's more Heisenberg than Walter right now. Okay, so since we're at the beginning and we'll we'll be kind of at the halfway point, call it now. What do you think is going to happen uh, eight weeks from now? Eight weeks from now, I think eight weeks from now, we're I think the the seven weeks in between, we're going to see the rise of Walter White, um, evil drug kingpin and i think on the eighth week on the like mid finale um i think maybe it's going to be hank cluing in yeah do you agree yeah i, I think hank is will definitely clue in by either the hank cluing in or jesse cluing in that, i think there's got to be some turning point where someone oh that, him. that the kid yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i i i would say that would, that'll probably happen in like the episode before uh like the the, the, the penultimate episode Okay. Uh, where, and then the eighth episode will set up the next one. But but one of those things has to break. One of those things has to give. <laughs> and I cannot wait. I've never, I've never anticipated a show where I know that everyone that I love, all my characters that I love, are going to just come to a probably grisly end. <laughs> and yet they still somehow make you look forward to it because it's just so good. Do you feel that's because you're not emotionally invested in them? I'm totally emotionally invested. Are you? You, you are am. invested in them. Do you, you, I, you, yeah. Really? Like, do you feel like that? Like it plays with your emotions, the show? Yeah. yeah like, why, do. why do you got to be like that, Walt? Like, you know? I, I feel like I'm... You're disappointed like, in them, but... <laughs> I feel like I'm emotionally invested in Jesse. I don't know how emotionally invested I am in a lot of the other characters, but I just feel like he's become so the heart of the show. Um, and everything that's happened, yes, he has, you know, obviously has to take, um, accept his consequences because he has played a big role in it. But basically, this guy just kind of allowed himself to be screwed by, by his mentor. And a lot of the stuff that has happened to him is not really directly his fault. So I, I feel it's, I don't know, he's the one character that it's really hard to stay emotionally detached from. Mm. And uh, he's cute. He's very pretty. So maybe that helps. Yeah, maybe, and maybe. he's a great, and Aaron Paul is a great oh, actor. So such a good actor. It's nice when those two things work, work in Congress. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of great actors, although horrible parts, uh, HBO's uh, The Newsroom. Mm-hmm. Not not getting the reaction that I think a lot of us expected it to get. Yeah, we thought it wouldn't. We, we thought it would be like this is an amazing show. It'd be so true to form. We could relate to it because we work in a newsroom, but we <laughs> don't at all. I don't think that newsroom exists in no. life. It's no. not. It's not a. You know. It's not how it works. People don't. People don't do things like that and have brothers and sisters that both work at Halliburton and at BP. Oh man, and, I love and, their sources. Yeah, and and have the time when this happens to quickly just like write him and be like, oh, there's a disaster, but let me fill you in on the news here as You'd I be am on both, air in three we're minutes? both vice presidents of these companies. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, I would love it if things worked like that. That's amazing. It's true. It's true. That's why I've always said have family in high places. <laughs> <laughs> but because okay, so despite all the unrealistic portrayals of newsrooms do you like it like that's the thing that i keep struggling with do i actually like this show i i find it like unwatchable at times really but not because of the the lack of realism uh no, nor even like will's uh will mcavoy the the lead character's uh incessant need to suddenly save everybody what did he say in the mm -hmm. in the in episode four he was uh he was trying to make everything civil. Yeah, yeah, he was trying to civilize, in, civilize the. Civil, uh, yeah. Uh, it's it's not just it's just because I simply all the characters are so incredibly one dimensional. They have mm -hmm. no depth in in terms of emotion, 
And I love Alison Pill. I think she's she's amazing, but her character is so annoying. Um, and that like the the like weird relationship back and forth that's like being forced upon her is just uncomfortable. Are you guys are you guys realizing or maybe it's just me that Alison Pill and Kristen Bell are pretty much indistinguishable? <laughs> Really? No. They have, no, no. They have the exact same voice and the exact same mannerisms. Like, it's so, it, especially this last episode, I was like, is she trying to do Christian Bell? I really want to like her because I like that whole kind of underdog, you know, young girl climbing the ranks. But, man, she's so flighty. And it, even this whole relationship thing, I didn't not believe the past aggressiveness of, you know, her dating someone, but also wanting the guy she has a crush on to not date anyone else. That's, you know, that's whatever that happens. Um, but I, not, All not right, me. we're back in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm, girls and boys, that kind of happens sometimes. But I didn't believe that she didn't recognize it in herself. Like, she really honestly, honestly didn't seem to have any idea that she was being this way. Like, he called her out on it. At, and he's like, don't you realize what's happening? Like, why I wouldn't t- tell you that I was dating? And she just had this blank look on her face. I'm like, well, clearly you must know what's going on in your own head. I don't know. She she evidently has to run up to the roof when she has yeah. panic attacks. Uh, also, evidently, women in the show can't handle other people in relationships, like yes. or, or or evidently, cell phones. Well, women in the show can't really handle much of anything. <laughs> Which is a shame because the actresses are amazing. <laughs> like, and even Olivia such Munn. Such a good cast, sorry. Even Olivia Munn. Yes, even Olivia Munn. Olivia, Olivia Munn does such I, a good yeah. job. And, I actually think she does a great job in this one. And you know what? She's she's okay. Although they really, they really didn't give her a lot to swing with here. Uh, I felt like I liked her up until this episode, and then it's like, oh, this girl is so smart, and she has two PhDs, and she's really capable, and blah blah blah. And then this week, she's like, hey, don't don't be my friend because she's crazy and she carries guns, and I'm so bad at this stuff. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh man. It's true. And, and with her fat lady fingers, how is she possibly going to work a gun? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, do you, I mean, like, this is really the ultimate question. Do you feel like this show has the potential to get better? Because it, do, it is it is going to be around for a second season. They've already confirmed that uh, even before the ratings dropped considerably. Um, and unless a bunch of horses die, they can't go back on that. <laughs> uh, so, so, I mean, is this is this a show that you're you're interested in watching? I know that we talked about Girls last season and how that was kind of, it had its moments, but it was still intriguing enough. That that we could we wanted to see where it was going. Is does this show have that kind of potential? And I know that we're all Sorkin fans, so for me, Girls was the show that took me a long time to warm up to, and then I thought it really matured into something that I wanted to watch more of. I don't love it, but I I was interested in watching more of this show. Had me the first second episode, and then this last episode, you know, it's going the wrong way. Like it's it's you know, I feel like every. Every new week, there's, like, new apologies that I have to make to keep watching this show. <laughs> but it, but has it gotten to the point of hate-watching, then? I feel like a lot of people are hate-watching this show now. I mean, I'm such an Aaron Sorkin apologist, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you guys take this one. I don't know. I'm, I might still need a few episodes before I decide. Yeah. I feel like I feel like to a certain extent, because we work in a newsroom, as you've said before, there's a certain kind of... We should get this. No, there's a certain kind of enjoyment out of the fact that that like, like aspirationally, this is how newsrooms are supposed to work. So is that, is that how doctors feel with you know doctor shows? I feel like doctors, if they had their druthers, would would love to have several relationships with other doctors and and you know not worry about the whole doctoring part of doctoring. 
Uh, but, fair, but fair enough. So this is about newsrooms, and that's why we're attracted to it. But this is also, I mean, this last episode, the way that they slammed entertainment news, which is the bread and butter of what the <laughs> three was, of us That was do. my next question, Jen. <laughs> I mean, like, the, the, the idea that, you know, being interested in what someone wore to people, the People's Choice Awards, which basically has paid a lot of our, <laughs> our paychecks um, on a year-by-year basis, um, <laughs> is as horrible as a Rush Limbaugh. Um, you know, lying to the American public about the gun rate, like it, it didn't make. It was just like you can't, you can't do this. This is like broad strokes of like sermonizing and basically taking my entire industry down with you for reasons that I don't really understand. Like, how is that a terrible thing to care about celebrity news? But calling a woman a bitch on the first date is heroic. <laughs> I love that you're you're a Sorkin apologist until it comes to your job, <laughs> and then well, the no apology for Sorkin. <laughs> honestly, this is the one episode where I was like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to re reconcile this with my love of Aaron Sorkin. Like, this is the one that I'm like, cuts a little too close to home, I think. Right, and and he's gone on the record to say it's aspirational, it's not realistic. You know, it's it, that's why they they have it in the past so that he can he can be like, well, you know, it's he already knows he already knows the answer, so he can come off as smarter than he is, but. So until now, that's worked for him. But then he, he, he had this, I don't know if it was like supposed to be a character development issue or something, but clearly, you know, Will cares about that stuff. He goes on dates with like 12 girls in one episode to, to, to drive his ex-girlfriend who cheated on him crazy. Like he clearly plays these games. And so how can, can he say, argue that, that that's below him? And I just, can I just say, like the whole... Charlie's comment, like, oh, why are you going out with these women that you wouldn't be seen dead, caught dead with in daylight? Some of these women that we've seen are fantastic. Like, one of them had PhDs, didn't she? One of them had, was a neurosurgeon. I'm just like, what is it about Will that makes him too good for these women? Because I haven't seen it yet. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. And the idea that it's aspirational. Aspirational to what? Like, sure, it's great that, you know, you've got a rousing newsroom doing real news, but the characters are terrible. They're terrible people. Who's aspiring to be like these characters? <laughs> Except for Alison Pill. She cares. She's very empathetic. Somebody gets shot, somebody she's never met, and she just starts bawling, and then the Coldplay comes on. Yeah. Then you have a huge Coldplay montage that's actually been longer than the song itself. It's, How does that it's work? so cheap to use Coldplay. <laughs> they just, they just like, oh, the first part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was, see, that's where it kind of lost me. It was so emotionally manipulative. For yeah. a show that's supposed to be aspirational, it really delved to the bottom of emotional manipulation. And so it are, you really, gonna, are you going to continue to watch? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I have to. It's part of my job. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. To a certain extent, I'm getting to the point where a lot, where a lot of critics are right now. And if you follow any of the, the recappers from, like, Grantland or... Or Vulture even GQ, did a great one. Or, yeah, exactly. Vulture did a fantastic one recently about uh, I think it was like misogyny, right? Yep. Uh, they're literally like trolling people, and you know they're like, we, you know, they, they sent out uh, HBO sent out the first four episodes to to critics. So until mm -hmm. now, they ha they knew how bad it was gonna get, especially in episode four, uh, this week's episode. So they were they were literally like anticipating. People were going crazy about Breaking Bad and all those. All those recappers were like, "You think that's bad? Just, I can't wait to see the reaction." You know, when people when people mm -hmm. see episode four, so it's become like a troll thing where where people are like, "Oh, do you watch TV?" Yeah, but like, wait till this week's episode of the newsroom so you can talk about how crappy it is. Oh no. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I'm kind of at that. I'm on the precipice of that of yeah. that. You know, jump. You know, that, that edge. 
<laughs> I'm going to give it a couple more weeks because it's no longer my job to watch it, which is great. <laughs> I can watch whatever I want to watch. Just wait till um, just wait till you start recapping that, though. Then it will be your not going to happen. <laughs> not going to happen, Jekyll. Not going to happen. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give it a couple more weeks. But man, it's not. And the the thing that really pisses me off is that Aaron Sorkin has the capacity to write really great female characters like Dana from Sports Night or CJ from West Wing. I know or even Annette Bening's character in, uh, in, uh, in, what was it, yeah. uh, uh, The American President. Yeah, I know he has it in him. So to see this kind of like misogynistic woman hating every episode, it's really, it's, yeah. You know, I was it's thinking great. about, as, as I was driving into work today, I was thinking about Aaron Sorkin's kind of body of work. And uh, in my mind, this entire show is based on one line that he's written, which is, you can't handle the truth. This entire okay. show is about, yeah. like, p the American public can't handle the truth. Women can't handle the truth. Like, it's just the entire show is just characters telling other characters you can't handle reality or the That's truth. That's a really good point, yeah. Yep. Which I will in probably that, tweet when of, I get back to my yes. desk. In the kind of sermonizing... <laughs> Tone that it's just like because that's the one thing that I'm finding with the newsroom. It's just every single speech Will McAvoy makes. It's like he's wagging his finger in your face. <laughs> but you know he used to be so vanilla. I see. I would have liked to have seen vanilla McAvoy before I got before I it's got true. the acerbic McAvoy. The, the you know, Leno of anchors. That would have been a good. Maybe they can do flashbacks or something. That that's a way forward. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, we've taken up enough of your time. I feel you should probably go back to your other job, the one that oh, doesn't require right. you to uh, to watch television all the time. And yet I still will. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so thanks for thanks for coming on. Thank thanks you. guys. Bye. <laughs>